Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wednesday edition of the Neighborhood Watch. Our man John Kurtz is here to talk about the Big 12 as a whole. Is it bad for the league if Texas wins it this year? Is it bad for the league if Texas Oklahoma playing the Big 12 championship game? Or is it just the way the Big 12 has been? It just so happens this is the way it's going to play out. We'll break all of that down. Uh, we're glad to have John here because whenever John comes on the show, we always have good, thoughtful, fun conversations. So, uh, I, I am excited to do that. Uh, John, first, I want to get your thoughts on some some other noise that's been happening. So the, the Oregon State and Washington State stuff. Um, there, there is here's my my deal is I have like a big five. I almost have a power five, like reporters almost. Hmm. I don't hear it from McMurphy, Dodd, uh, Pete Thamel, Nicole yeah. Auerbach, Ross Dellinger. I think it's kind of like, you know, kind of the group, you know, all those people. Uh, I will. I believe it when I when I see it. Um so Oregon State and Washington State, you know, they're trying to get all the assets in the Pac-12, right? It's interesting. That, that's 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 good. They should be trying to do that. But there's this conversation around, like, what if there's still a power conference? And will they still be a college ball playoff uh, you know, entity? And I just – I don't see a world in which the conference commissioners who run the CFP committee – are going to allow a situation where a two-team conference gets an automatic bid and a massive payout from the CFP. It's, you know, you can say contracts, whatever, but like it's it's a pretty easy argument to shoot down because it's not really in the spirit of like how things were constructed. And I think it's a tough argument if you're doing it in court. It's a tough argument to do in the public sphere. So we know they're not joining the Big 12 because Brett McMurphy says, hey, this thing ain't happening. No and no, there's no interest. So I trust Brett on that. Brett's been right about a lot of Big 12 stuff. It's where he sourced, it's where he based. Your thoughts on the Oregon State, Washington State thing. We want them to do well. I don't think teams should be left out. And they're having awesome years. And they're good programs right now as it sits. But I am skeptical of the long-term outlook for them. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I would just say that, I mean, I'm even more galvanized in support of them than I was at the beginning of the season. And it's it's not just because we're seeing them have success, but it's, it's, be, I mean, this whole Pat McAfee thing is just a, 
I mean, that's another big, big one to to open up to to talk about. It's horrible, man. I mean, I, I you know, and I used to think McAfee was kind of entertaining, but he's just. I mean, this is just so off. Like they're so off base, like being so offended by this. I don't know if it's like a personal deal with him or if it is that he's conflating all of it with like coming after. And, and you think somebody who went to a school like West Virginia would would get schools like Washington State and right. Oregon State? That guy, like. He obviously does not get college football because those yeah. those kinds of schools and those stories are what make it great. Sorry to interrupt you there, but exactly, like, and especially you know, it's not not only those Washington State, but they've got the flag, which is such a great game day staple, and has been like one of the great. I mean, that's what the sport is built on and what it's all about, and it is unbelievably disappointing to see them going down that road. And you know, Desmond Howard's being kind of a you know what about it too, which like you know, I think he he brings the least of anybody to the set, so he should probably tread lightly on some of those things, um, but. Yeah, it, it's it's just disgusting. Uh, and so that to me has made me even more fervently like Washington State, go win this thing. Like, go go win the league. And or I mean, Oregon State certainly is not out of it either. So I'm very much rooting for them. I, I mean, I would love it. I think it would be great, hilarious uh, and, and very fun if they do find a way into uh, still getting the payout from the college football playoff. But I, I am with you. I mean, I, I think that's a really tough putt. Um, I mean, Greg Sankey, you know, the guy is a shark. And I say that in almost an endearing way in some in some aspects of the term. Um, like he's just cutthroat. Like, he you know, he's a guy that I would want to be my commissioner because he's he's yeah, going to go get stuff killer. done. Absolutely he, killer. Yeah, a killer. He is not going to be held over the fire by Oregon State and, and Washington State, much as I would would like him uh, to actually be. So, like, I just – I don't see any way that really happens. If you're talking about if this if this does get to, like, a court proceeding or something, like, I mean, I'm out uh, way over my skis on that. I wouldn't even know where to begin as far as, like, how, how likely anything would be to hold up there. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sitting here just still hoping that eventually everything's going to be okay with a 5-plus-7 model and that Sankey's not going to just – crumple it all up and throw a big fit and put his foot down and say, no, we're just going to do 12 at larges. Like you guys get on board or, you know, whatever it might be, or, Hey, we're going to go do our own thing with the the big 10 and leave all you guys. I, I tread very lightly with Sankey. I'm just hoping like, let's just, let's just do the five plus seven thing. So I, I'm in that sort of a mindset and mentality with it. So as far as the playoff stuff goes, I worry about that for sure with, with Washington state and Oregon state, but you know, I mean, I, I think there's a path to at least being in a in a decent-ish spot if they can figure it out for, you know, it seems like they're probably going to have to figure it out in an interim situation here and then in a year or two get together with all these schools in the Mountain West. But um, I think there is a decent enough outlook eventually if you can get five plus seven and then you do have that merger with the Mountain West. Like it's at least it, it's it's not just a complete, complete total disaster. So I, I think that's probably the, the best reasonable hope for them at this point. Yeah, I mean Fresno, you know, looks looks like they're the best. I think best G five team at least at this point in time. You know, if you take away Michael Pratt from Tulane, which has happened, like that's they they have been a wagon, and so so is Air Force too. So yeah, I, I'm for the five plus seven. And you think about years like this where you look at the SEC, and I, as somebody lives in SEC country and you know works on a four hour radio show in Arkansas, man, like it is, like LSU is, I mean their offense. Oh. You know, Jaden Daniels looks a little bit like Joe Burrow right now, and they can't stop anybody. It's like, okay, how good are they? You know, AM's second, third best team. Alabama doesn't have a quarterback. Georgia's messing around. Georgia hasn't covered a spread yet. Number one team in the country, right? And we have to have, you know, one of the best tight end prospects in the last 30 or you know, 30 years, I guess, uh, you know, make massive plays for them to win these games. And so, like, there's still that gap, yes, but I mean, I'm looking at these rankings and I see 
Kentucky as Florida jumping in, Tennessee, you know, watch all these schools and like, oh my God, like you're concerned about if you just did at larges, those schools are getting a, a big pass to be involved in, in this setting. And they're not always, it's, it might say, okay, well, who else outside? I'd say, oh, well, let's give some other, you know, some of these other teams an outside shot, you know, to do it. Just, I think that's what actually makes the sport good. But yeah, I, I think that's why I like the five, the five plus the seven. Um, let's talk about our, the, the league that you and I both cover the most, the big 12. So my man, Robbie Toronto tweeted this out today. And texted me about it too, because Robbie and I have, have had these kind of conversations, you and I have too, about Texas winning the league and Texas and Oklahoma maybe playing for a Big 12 title. I think Oklahoma is the third best team in the league right now. I'll still take K-State over them. I will stand by that until proven otherwise. Uh, I've seen Oklahoma's defense play well to start off a season. We saw it last year, and then it went sideways in a – very, very unique way for them, uh, you know, in a six, you know, under 500 way, which we hadn't seen since I was actually born. So, th- but their schedule is so easy and the league is so down that it's very, very possible. And part of the league being down is, is this thing. The Big 12 rotates. The last three years, six different teams have played in the Big 12 title game, right? OU, Iowa State, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, TCU. And all those games have been competitive because all the teams have been competitive. It's been a competitive league. And my argument has been, look, it's actually Texas's time, five and seven, eight and four, this amount of talent, this kind of league, they should probably win 11 games, to be honest. So it's, it is the time for them, but I think the, the issue is everything in the sport is narrative-driven. You know, I mentioned this before the show. Like, they're in a great spot, but them winning the league does not prove, in my opinion, not prove anything about the Big 12 because they weren't doing it before. And I think this team is more talented than – than most Texas teams, I honestly think they should be the number one or two team in the country right now in terms of rankings. I think they actually are that and have proved that with some concerns down the line. But my issue is like the idea that at the end of the year, people are like, you know, the Big 12, it just never could stand up when we know that it's not the truth the last three or four years. And, and you know, the Texas team hasn't been involved and they've blown a bunch of leads because they haven't been a better team overall throughout the year. And Oklahoma has not been in the Big 12 title game since 2020. And that was a close game as well, too. And, you know, they had a losing season last year. So this narrative point, the Big 12 is in a weird spot because it feels like they won so much of the offseason, but the regular season, they are not winning right now. Yeah, and, and not only won in the offseason, but, you know, have just won the last two years, I guess, national championship game last year notwithstanding, which I mean, that's another part of the problem, just how, how narratives get created. It's like nobody remembers the Michigan win anymore because they remember the, the Georgia national title game with TCU. Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. Like, I mean, this this will be once in 15 years for Texas, uh, assuming that they do go through and win the league. So they, by no means, have they controlled this thing. Now, you know, you want to argue Oklahoma's controlled the thing. Uh, yes, quite obviously they have. Um, but it, it's certainly, you know, as, as it relates to Texas, and if it is Texas and Oklahoma playing in the championship game, yes, it, it will be a bad look. It will really hurt the league. And, and I do, I mean, I hate to say it, I think it will undo – a good chunk of of the good that's been done here over the last couple of years with Cincinnati, TCU, getting the four corner schools, incredible accomplishments for this league. But this league is kind of in a position like you, you start behind, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? It's like what you're talking about with the top 25, like throwing Florida, Tennessee in there. I mean, 
K-State lost by three at Mizzou on an SEC record field goal at the gun and fell from 15 to out of the pole and still – With a hurt quarterback for the second half of the Right, game. right, and still has not climbed back into the game. Yeah, and had middle the best middle linebacker, all Big 12 middle linebacker, got a season-ending injury in the middle of the game. Like, And, and yet still outside looking in as far as the pole goes. So that's the problem. You're just you, – you always – you have to – be a little bit extra uh, to get your respect. And I, I think that's somewhat, you know, I get people saying like, oh, you know, Big 12 fans and K-State fans specifically too, because I think K-State kind of embodies this as much as anybody in the Big 12. Oh, you guys have this victim's mentality. Well, okay, yeah, I would agree with that to an extent, but I do think it's it's very warranted for a reason. Like you, you grow up in this environment where you feel like you always have this massive chip on your shoulder because you've got to prove yourself way more than – Florida rolling out Graham Mertz at quarterback, for instance, does, you know I mean? Like what? So it is, that is the problem that you're going to face is if this were, it would make such a world of difference. If this were all offset by one year, if Texas, even if you flip-flopped it and last year, Texas had this great run with all this talent this year, they come back with high expectations and go eight and five and it's K-State and TCU playing in the title game. And then TCU goes to the national championship game. That would have been so much better to send everybody off on because this will be the lasting note. This will be what everybody remembers and thinks about when they go back to the big 12, it, it will not be remembering Cincinnati and it will not be remembering TCU. It will be remembering that, Hey, last year there, Texas did what we thought Texas should do. And especially if, and I hate to admit it, it looks like this may happen. Texas continues to just ascend and play really well in the sec once they get there and continue to produce rosters so like this. Too. Yes. It's just going to be like, well, yeah, of course, Texas is great. Now they've been great in the sec. They, kick the Big 12's ass on their way out the door, uh, Texas is great. You know, Texas can, because of their brand, gets this benefit of the doubt where they can just erase 15 years of, of shit. I don't – can I say that? Sorry. You, uh, no, you're – Okay. You're they can erase 15 years of that with one season here and everybody's just right back on board like, oh, yeah, this is great, whereas the rest of the league has been doing better work for 15 years and yet no one's going to remember that here at the end. So, I, I mean, it sucks. It really does. I, I To me, there's there's not much sugarcoating it, even if the reality is that Texas's time in the Big 12 has been disappointing for a decade and a half. I, and I would say this, too. If you put Texas in the SEC, like, think about it this way. If you put them in the SEC right now, they're the best team. They are the best team in the SEC West. It's it's not a debate. Yeah. Uh, we don't we do not know who's going to win that that division. But if you were to pick a team right now, some folks would pick Alabama. And I know AM and Alabama will solve it in the field this week. But like at this moment, you might pick Alabama. They've got a win on the road at Alabama right now. And I mean, if you look at the way Texas has played and you look at the way that Georgia has played, there's a pretty compelling argument that Texas is better than Georgia. And I'll tell you this, man, like you watch Texas play this year, like the guys on that offense are all NFL players. Sanders, NFL player. Ewers NFL player Jonathan Brooks last week making some cuts. I mean, I you know, look Bijan Robinson. You know, it's like you know, amazing, whatever. But it, it didn't look like there was a cataclysmic drop off. Which when you have one of the most talented running back, I mean, he's the most talented college back I've seen since you know Adrian Peterson. Like, and that's that's pretty impressive. They're still running the ball very effectively. Worthy and eighty eighty Mitchell looks fantastic this year. And uh, Jordan Whittington is like, you know, one of the safest options in college football. I mean, they got all of these guys, not to mention how good their offensive line has played as well. This is, this is what should be happening. But I think to go back to the Pat McAfee thing, I know they're different points. Like when you've got somebody on college game day, 
making that kind of point about Washington State and Oregon State, you know that like the big narratives are not going to be what they should be. And that's when I lose confidence. That that's what makes me worry is like when you because the league might get buried in a year like this and they will not look at it in context of what the league has been. And so that's, that's my concern, John, is that like, you know, I mean, when Pat's like <laughs> giving the, the double birds to Washington state mm-hmm. on national television and they, they've got a legitimate Heisman. I mean, you know, we're doing, if we, if we're going to do the Shador Sanders Heisman, I don't think we should talk about Heisman until week six, at least in my opinion. And I, I even think that's premature, but like if we're going to do the Shador Sanders Heisman thing, we have to do the Cam Ward Heisman thing. And we have to talk about Dickert as coach of the year, I think as, as well too, like that stuff needs to be talked about and just, you know, kicking the dirt and kind of rubbing it on their face is makes me worried about narratives down the line too. Cause what are we going to do down the line? You know what I mean? I just, it it has me concerned about, cause this sport is so narrative driven. I was just, I mean, you know, we've seen just like a complete Hollywoodization of, of the sport. Now, some of that will help the Big 12 if Coach Prime is still around next year. That will be a major lift to the Big 12 in some ways, too. I mean, you know, we had Gus Johnson on the broadcast just last weekend saying that Colorado was going to be the favorite in the Big 12 next year. Which is, is Colorado? I want to know if Colorado is, has paid him a fee. Because, I mean, have you yeah. seen the touchdown calls for the opposite teams? Oh, it's, I mean, I heard them as it was happening. Yeah. It's like I mean, somebody it was, shot his dog. It's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Him and Clatt. Yeah. Yeah, but Gus, I mean, I, I love Gus and I love what he's been. He's also lost about a step and a half in terms of just his calls from a week-to-week basis. As a former play-by-play guy, um, that's something I really noticed too. But anyway, you know, yes, to your point, it, it's an issue. It's an issue all the way around. Game day used to, you know, game day used to be this like shining bastion of like celebration of the sport, kind of like the people show, like for college football people, by college football people. And that has gone the exact same way as the entire sport has, like, hey, what's just the most entertaining, big names, big brand stuff that we can do? Let's get Pat McAfee out here and throw him on there to just yell and and scream and make a scene when it should be and used to be in-depth stories about the game and all these different schools and the intricacies and the colloquialisms and all the things that make college football great. And those days are just long gone. And so that that is, that is where we're going. On the point of Texas, I mean, I think you're right. I, I very much – think there's a sound argument to make for them being the number one team in the country. And uh, it's, again, a part of that narrative that I think will, will hurt the Big 12, that they're really catching their stride as they head into the SEC. And, uh, you know, I'm losing. Admittedly, I've been a guy that's been steadfast this whole time and like, hey, I don't care how good you tell me they are. They're going to trip up. They'll find a way to trip up. And I still do. You know, I, I'm probably a little bit more on that train than some folks, because I've I mean, the Kansas game should have been about a 30 point game at the end of the third quarter. And instead, you know, KU still there in striking distance, the Wyoming game for three quarters was really tight. And then they just explode, but they obviously have that switch that they can flip and just dominate you when they want to. And uh, that's, that's the sign of a really good team. Um, I think the biggest difference for them, quite honestly, is the lines. And Bruce Feldman had a really good piece about that uh, today. I would highly encourage anybody to go read it in The Athletic, where he he got quotes from a, an analyst from his Big 12 school that has played them this year. And the analyst was basically like, I mean, those lines are just ridiculous. And this team looks even better in person than they do on film. And they are really, really good. So you better watch out. And uh, I, I think that that much is is probably true there. So. 
you know, to kind of put a bow on the whole overarching point, like it's, it's great for Texas. They've certainly earned it. Sark has taken a lot of crap and a lot of shots from people to build up this roster. They have, they have done that. They deserve credit for it for sure. Uh, it just could not all be happening at a worse time for the Big 12 or the Washington State and Oregon States of the world. Uh, just, just the whole way that this sport is is going right now, which we all knew, right, in the offseason. I think we all knew that even as the four-corner stuff was going down and we were celebrating and it was a little bit bittersweet. But I think that, like, just every every time we have a week full of games and we see where this stuff is going, you just feel it happening more and more. You feel it slipping more and more into that where it's just – it's it's you know I mean McAfee's a big WWE guy right now I mean it's kind of like turning into that like we just we need yes. the Rock and we need Hulk Hogan and we need Stone Cold Steve Austin and who cares about all the jobbers out in the Big Twelve you know I mean that's I don't really have much wrestling knowledge I'm impressed that I just pulled it was well that done was, you, you yeah. kind of nailed it now I, yeah. I, I have to say this about about because you, you you did like a really good job with all that I mean it's you know. Like the game, I think going back to it. Where were they last week? They were at Duke, which was cool. And on, and yep. they're at Duke, and they're shitting on. That's, a, that's actually a great point. They were doing that. They were doing that. Like, come on, we're, we're halfway there. You all couldn't just. Yeah. All you had to do was cross the finish line without trashing another small school. It's like, you know what? Uh, Mike Elko is going to leave, and uh, we hate Washington State. That it's like okay, well, this is you know, and and that's the problem with the sport. And and honestly, Johnny, people say, well, you know, it's it's the big teams that win anyway. Sure. Okay. But like, like you mentioned, TCU did beat Michigan. They never trailed in that game. That happened. Like teams can pull it off. Not everybody can, but teams can pull that off, you know? And then, I mean, it's, I'm so worried that what we're heading towards is Alabama versus Clemson in NFL stadiums. And like, you know I mean? Like that's just, it just feels like it's where we're heading. Have you been to those? And I, and I want to actually, what actually makes me feel good is that i think if we get to that point the sport will actually come back a little bit because there's a better version of this right there's pro football and pro football has not been scared like if pro football sees a weakness in college i mean look uh nfl killed thursday night football right there are no good college games on thursday nights now because the nfl said "Mm, i think we'll take that too right black friday is is a college day not anymore. There's a Black Friday game now in the NFL too. They're doubling up. Like, like you just, they are an expansive property. And I think if you, if you just like the thing about college football is you need the casual fan and the casual fan is not just somebody who's like, Oh, it might be, I might be wrong with this, but like, it's, it's people like us who went to Missouri, who root for K state, you know, went to K state or like that. Like, Oh, well our school is still involved with whatever Clemson's doing or whatever. Florida State's doing whatever Ohio State's doing because like we can still play those schools, right? But like I have friends who are fans of James Madison or uh, went to University of Richmond you know, in Virginia, and those are good FCS schools, and they actually care about FCS football. And they'll go to those games, but like they kind of care what North Dakota State's doing more than Alabama because like that's what matters to them. So like you need to make sure that you don't alienate everybody, and I feel like that's what the sport's going to do because. As much as it feels like the Big 12 was in a, you know, got a win with the four corner stuff, John, I just, I guess this is the inability of me to take a, a victory. That's a, that's a me problem. But I think about it moving forward. You think about college and going to Duke, and now we're also dumping on Washington State while we're there. And it's like, this is what we're doing. This is, this is kind of the, this is kind of the, the bit now. And uh, I hate to be all doom and gloom, but like it's, and look, here's the thing. 
John, this was I, I almost I I was almost brought to tears this week talking about West Virginia. I'm I'm dead serious because like we all killed we killed Neil Brown dead. We we put him we casket we did the we put him in the dirt and he Undertaker and he's not a wrestling reference and crawled out and like that is just that is inspiring. That is awesome. That is college football. The the, the rallying cry was we were picked 14th. But who in the hell is talking about it and why aren't they in the top 25? And to your point, I mean, even the K-State thing, like Missouri should have been ranked after that, but you know what? It's K-State. That was LSU with a 15, and Missouri beats them that way. Missouri's a top 20 team probably. Yeah. But you know what? They beat K-State, and people don't and – and I love it because they beat K-State because it's a great program, and Missouri needs a win against a good program. But, like, it's just those respect things and stuff like that. Like, why isn't West Virginia there? Why aren't we talking about what's happening there? Because that's an amazing story. It's just – all so frustrating for a sport that we love so much. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more on the West Virginia thing. Great, great story. I mean, Neil Brown pulling that off and and doing it with a backup quarterback for like a game and a half in there who just, you know, I mean, no offense to him. I think he's going to be – I know West Virginia fans are high on him. He's going to be good, but he's, he's just not – He's played terribly. He's not there right now. Like, he's, he's just – that. Right. He's, he's not there. Um it's that's a hell of a story, and it is. That's the kind of thing that makes college football great. I think to the big picture point, the bet that TV execs basically, or we know now pulling all the strings on this, are making is that if they lose the what we think of as your typical college football fan, which is guys more people of minds like me and you that appreciate all the like it's a different kind of fan than the NFL fan, right? Because we love all the uh different unique aspects of college football in different regions. We love the Washington state flag. We love all the traditions, all that stuff that is not prevalent and present in the NFL. We love all that stuff. Their bet is that, okay, we're probably going to lose some of them if we start doing this, but we'll pick up more Jim in New Jersey, who, if he sees Washington state Duke playing, doesn't care. But if he sees Ohio state and Clemson playing, yeah. in, in Atlanta or something, he'll be like, Oh, well, I know those teams like I'll throw it on and watch. And so the bet is you pick up more of those that would be like your super, super casual fans who like football and love the NFL, but only care about like huge high level college things. That's the bet. And now I, I don't know. And honestly, I don't know what the answer really ultimately is on that. I, I would still think that that's probably not the best way to go like super long-term but then, you know, you're into a whole host of other problems. Like if you get far enough down that road, is it is the toothpaste just out of the tube and it's too far gone and you can't pull it back? If all the other schools have fallen too far behind at that point, like, I mean, how do you I don't know. I get the, I just I try and this is more, you know, I mean, just like life mentality. Existential. Sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I try to just be like, look, man, I mean. I just control what I can control. Like I can't control that. I can still control watching the games that I'm interested in, caring about my team, caring about this league. And one thing that I guess you can say is that we know that the big 12 moving forward will have really passionate fan bases that do care about all this stuff and are going to continue to support their teams and be really into it. So I guess to hell with everybody else, if they're not going to pay attention and yeah, it may kind of suck to not really be a part of the mainstream conversation at all or feel like you have a, a real place at that table but you can still enjoy the the product for what it is so that's what i keep telling myself like i'm just gonna i mean i'm sure i'll i'll ride it into the ground um and just in, enjoy this this product for what it is and what it's going to be and and hope that yes i mean I, I am willing to open my eyes a little bit to some optimism and hope that 
there is a course correction within the next 10 to 15 years that brings it all back a little bit and things don't fall too far off the rails to where we totally lose everything forever. You know, I mean, all this conversation really blows, but it uh, it's it, it is the reality. I, I think I, I don't mean to depress you, uh, depress <laughs> you having the conversation, but okay. So I'll, let's 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 shift to the Big Twelve. I am excited for the end of the season. I think the Texas dash to the finish if they beat Oklahoma this week, which I think they do. Texas versus the Big Twelve is the rest of the way. They still have to play Houston on the road, which, like, I know Houston's bad, but, like, I, I would be surprised if Dana gets them up for one game because they, they're occasionally focused. Well, that's the way I describe Houston football this year, occasionally focused. So we'll see if they can do that. You have BYU. They have K-State. They have TCU. I was saying, uh, that one's on the road. If, you know, things can really get weird. I could see, a, you know, like, a, you know, if you're not properly motivated for that one, that could be weird. And also, Iowa State should have beaten Texas at Texas last year, so there's that part of it too, and then at te- and then uh, home against Texas Tech, the Texas is is awesome, but like, will they survive everybody's best shot till the end? That is theater. I actually, and I honestly think it's good. It's good for the Big Twelve. I, I want to see that. Like TCU in survival mode was really compelling to me. I think Texas trying to survive every big 12 team's last shot at this version of Texas is super interesting. I, I, I find that incredibly interesting because here's the thing, like the best way to get yourself in a playoff, run it, run the table. Cause you don't know what's going to happen. Now I think a 12 and one Texas, I like my odds of them getting in a playoff, but I, 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 I want to see them survive. I think they can do it. Definitely. But we don't know if this team, when push comes to shove, backs up against the wall and do it. Yeah, we see them respond in some moments, but like the pressure builds with each win. That was the that was the thing about the Baylor game for TCU last year, right? It was like, oh my God, your ass is your ass is on the line right here. It's and they fired it's like, oh, they are. They are they are they are, they are those guys. They will fight at the very end. And even in the K-State game, they lost the game, but they rallied in the end of they lost by inches. And so it's like, and they rallied and beat Michigan the next game too. I want to see that in Texas form. That really interests me. And I think it's the most compelling story in the Big 12 by far all the way to the end. It it, it definitely is. I mean, it is going to be incredibly compelling. I, I think the the part of it that really strikes me is that, and I even, so like I tweeted at the worst possible time, literally as the KU game is, I think maybe still 20 to 14. I, I threw out the tweet like, hey man, Texas still plays with their food too much. Like this is going to get them in trouble later. But it's still and, true though. And literally right before just a blitzkrieg. It's still, it's still true <laughs> though. I, I actually still agree with that. But I mean, I think the the whole conundrum with that is like, if they beat Oklahoma this weekend, yes, it will be very compelling to see if they lose and we'll all be ready and waiting to, to laugh. I'm not sure that it really matters that much because I mean, there is no doubt to me that a one loss Texas team with a win at Alabama is getting in. I mean, I don't like they. It would take a lot. Now, I guess if you want to make the argument, Hey, they lose somewhere in the regular season and then Oklahoma gets another shot at them in the, in the championship game. Like, okay, maybe, maybe that's there, but that kind of defeats the whole purpose that we're all rooting for. If it is an Oklahoma, Texas, uh, big 12 championship game. So, and look, I mean, I wanna I wanna believe that K State can do it, but I, I gotta be honest. I mean, I'm seeing enough flaws there with what's going on that I mean, I, I still think they're the third best team in the league, but I don't know that they're gonna be able to touch touch Texas. Um, 
So you know, that's the. You don't think they're better than OU? I, 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 I until proven otherwise. I think it, I, I think close. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it, there's a. OU's got more talent, sure, but like I watched, I watch Oklahoma play, and it's like put away Cincinnati, put them away, and it's yeah, like no, the Cincinnati game was not impressive. SMU game was not impressive. And Iowa State um, at home is, I mean, what am I? Yeah, you know, like, probably did what you should do. Right, um, right. So yeah, I, I think it's a it's a good argument. Good argument could be made. I think on either side there. But so that, that to me is where it's almost like I think the Oklahoma piece of this becomes maybe more entertaining. If they lose to Texas, then it becomes, all right, can somebody else get Oklahoma to vault K-State, West Virginia, hell, I mean, whoever else into the Big 12 championship game? Like that to me will become really, really entertaining too as a side story because it's it's basically the diet version of that Texas storyline, just a little bit ramped down because we're not quite as hyped and stoked on Oklahoma this year. But if that can be the thing that at least gives somebody else a chance to take the trophy at the end and have it not be Texas, that will become a really compelling story point uh, storyline in the, the back half of the season, because the, I just, the Texas ship, I just, I fear has really already sailed. I, I think there is a good chance that they could lose one of those games. I just have a hard time seeing it be two and I'm even extrapolating that to include the Big 12 championship game in all of that. They just seem they just seem built with so many different ways to win and so many they can wait until the last second to flip the switch and then they're going to be able to punish you and get it done. So I don't know. Now, maybe my opinion will change drastically after watching them play Oklahoma this weekend. I mean, I guess I will say that. Um but for right now, that's kind of my feeling. I almost have my radar up more for Oklahoma. But again, it's that that damn schedule, the damn schedule for Oklahoma. Yeah, it's not good. In Texas, too, like if you actually look at their schedule compared to Georgia and Michigan, I mean, I think Texas has wiggle room to lose a game because like other there's they, they have challenged themselves. I mean, hell, even even Wyoming coming to town was like a you know that's that's a you know I played backup quarterback at least so that's that's a decently challenging game and. End up going to TCU. They play K State. They play Texas Tech. And if, whether or not like you want to admit it or not, like th- those teams will give them the best shot. They absolutely have, right? Uh, Brett Yormark gave Texas Tech the mandate to get, yeah. to give them the best shot too. All right, John, get you out of here. Uh, where can folks find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, so check me out on YouTube. Just the name, John Kurtz. Uh, got a really nice following of Big Twelve fans there. We have a fun time with live shows on Wednesdays and Sundays. Uh, if you're a K State fan, you can check out the podcast that I do with uh, my guys, Derek Young and Cole Manbeck. It's called Three Ma, like E-Ma with three. three Wherever it is that you find your podcast, uh, you can get it there, and you can follow me on Twitter at JL Kurtz. Uh, all right, John. We always It's always a lot of fun talking to you. I, I'm sorry to, sorry to bring your mood down. But oh, no, know. you're good. You're good, man. These are important conversations. The sport we love as a whole. The good news is I saw Jerome Tang banging the hell out of that drum. College basketball <laughs> yeah. season is not too far away. So uh, at least we have that, right? Don't don't do ninety six teams. Don't ruin that. Also, just just yeah, no, please, not. please, God, no, 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 yeah, no. nobody asked for it. Nobody asked for yeah. it. All right, appreciate it, John. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, take care, Josh.